0: I love that intro music. I'm Dan Lukowitz. This is Dan on top of all things commercial real estate. We are very, very, very lucky today to be joining us here. Larry Strain, the principal partner of Restaurant Development Experts. Larry, how are you doing? I'm great, Dan. How are you? Doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited about this. This is going to be a great episode. Appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. Absolutely. So, we know each other from a, 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 a mutual colleague, Gabe Jonas, who is also on the show. Gabe and I have had a lot of fun. You know, I'm a triple net broker. He's an expert in site selection. He typically goes head to head with uh, with some investment brokers, but him and I have found some common ground. He's been telling me for months about my necessity to reach out to you. I'm so glad that we connected. A- and, and I'm glad to have you on the show to share all of your expertise and your knowledge with all of our viewers. So, before we jump into some of the questions I wanna ask you, I just wanna start off with you as an individual. Yeah. So tell our viewers, who is Larry Strain?
1: <laughs> well, I, I would say that the to summarize me, I have spent the majority of my professional career in retail development, uh, working for um, a lot of well-known brands uh, in a multi-unit uh, capacity uh, from Starbucks coffee, to uh, McDonald's, Dunkin' Brands, Domino's Pizza, uh, Global Partners uh, up in New England. Um, So I've been in just about every capacity of retail development from analyst to deal maker to uh, director of development to chief development officer uh, and everything in between. And I've also been a real estate developer, a broker, and working on um, the retail side of things. So I I got a good feeling of uh, everybody's trials and tribulations, I
0: guess you could say. Awesome, well I'm sure that that background helps you out tremendously in what you do today. So now you're the principal partner of Restaurant Development Experts. Tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Yeah, so Restaurant Development Experts specializes in brick and mortar development, obviously. Uh, We start with um, showing clients how to determine which markets are most suitable for their particular brand and what quantity they should develop their brand and at what pace they should develop their brand within any geographic region across the United States. So first and foremost, we are um, in the realm of strategic planning services, but we're also a brokerage firm. So not only do we create the strategic plans for our clients, but we can also help execute those strategic plans for our clients. Um, and then we also specialize in franchise sales and development services as well.
0: Awesome. Wow. Quite diversified. That's very, very interesting. So, I mean, the restaurant industry is fascinating. I, I love selling uh, quick service restaurant deals. In fact, I just listed one today, a Wendy's here in Grand Ledge, Michigan. Um, Gabe and I have uh, have picked apart some of my recent listings of some Burger Kings uh, in Montana. And uh, it's it's a space that's very fascinating to me. Now, I'm, I want to ask you, since you're the expert, What is the failure rate for restaurants? And why is it so high? Uh,
1: Unfortunately, uh, the failure rate is 60% within the first year of a restaurant uh, opening, Uh, and then it's 80% within the first five years of the restaurant's operation. (laughs) It's staggering, right? And and it's been going on for a long time, which is precisely the reason we got into the business. Um, The number one cause of those failure rates are two things. It's location, and it's uh, capitalization or undercapitalization, uh, and so you know when we advise clients, we walk through the entire business plan of retail development. We show them from um, from all viewpoints uh, and develop an actual business plan uh, and capitalization plan for what it's going to take to actually develop this brand within this particular marketplace.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I mean it, that's uh, it, it's it's obvious that. You know your services are are invaluable to uh, restaurants, especially when they're they're you know in, a, in in such a situation where location is such an important variable in, in the potential success or failure of the restaurant. So you know something that Gabe and I talk about, and I want you to talk a little bit about our our site selection and site development and market development. In, in your opinion, you know, tell us what the difference is between site development and market development.
1: Yeah, good question. Site development is looking at the characteristics of a uh, presented location. Um, It could be looking at the trade area characteristics and the site characteristics of uh, a site uh, and trying to make a determination as to uh, go or no go on that particular location. Mm -hmm. Market development is determining, is looking at the entire marketplace at one time and determining how should that brand develop systematically within that geographic region, site by site, from the first location to the last location, taking into consideration how you prioritize the placement of those locations over time.
0: I see, so site development would be more so the specifics of the actual site that is in question, the subject property, whether it be the, the demographics and, you know, traffic counts and visibility, um, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas market development is how does that brand, you know, penetrate and, and perpetuates its existence strategically over time in the in the broader market?
1: Precisely. It's, exactly. It's, it's goal setting. Right. What is. What is the uh, analysis of the market in its current condition and where do you want to be in that marketplace over time? And that's where the goal setting comes in. And that's the first step in the strategic planning process. Um, The second piece is making sure that you understand the landscape of the entire marketplace before you begin looking for sites. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Now, how do you advise your clients in terms of planning that out and setting those goals over time?
1: That's a good question. You know, we uh, a lot of people have to fail at this before they reach out to people like myself. Yeah. They have to realize that, and it's, and it's a very unfortunate aspect of my business, is that there has to be a few million dollars of mistakes made to realize the benefit of working with uh, somebody with our level of expertise uh, sure, in
0: that field. Sure, sure. So I want to step it back a little bit because everything that you're saying is quite fascinating. I think that there's tremendous value for the actual operator or for the actual you know franchise that's expanding. But for me as a broker or for investors who are watching this show, what advice would you give them when, or, or my, even myself, when when we're analyzing a specific site? So let's say that we have a client that wants to buy a specific. You know, they've got, let's say, $2 million, just throwing out some numbers. They're looking for something, you know, with X amount of, of term left at X cap rate. And, and and now they come to you or maybe, you know, you're telling me how to advise them. What, what do you advise them to really pay attention to that, that most investors miss out on?
1: I think it's diagnosing the trade area for that specific use. If it's, let's say, it's a single tenant, yeah. triple net that you're selling on the market, yeah. you know, a, a Walgreens or a CVS or a McDonald's or whatever the case may be. How well is that location to its surroundings? How well does it, how suitable is it to its surroundings uh, in comparison to the overall marketplace? That's a very hard thing to determine. Um, it takes a very unique skill set to understand. Most people just look at its sales performance. Right. And they say the sales performance is an indicator of how well or how suitable it is within that trade area. But that's a snapshot in time. Yeah. Right. You're looking at, Uh, uh, long periods of time, long holding periods, as to how that store or that location is going to perform over years or even decades.
0: Okay. So now when you say how well is it suited for its particular area, are you talking as that specific use or in the event that maybe the tenant vacates and it has to be retenanted?
1: It's that specific use in that specific trade area in that specific market. That's how granular we get in our analysis. So okay. we're able to provide you with the landscape of the entire marketplace to tell you where the brand is best suited within the marketplace, and then is that location in one of those best suited trade areas designed for that particular concept.
0: I see. So we're really zooming in here and, and trying our, our best to understand if, if this is the ideal location and the ideal setup, the ideal situation for this specific asset uh, as it is and where it stands.
1: That's, that's precise. Absolutely, yes. That's, that's what cool. we're, that's what we accomplish for our clients.
0: I, I appreciate that because I think a lot of times investors, at least in my experience, I've watched investors they get lost in like the cap rate and they don't necessarily understand the underlying fundamentals of the real estate. I know that's something that I've learned a lot about from interacting with you know people on your side of of the table, so to speak. You know, I, it's a, one of the things I love about real estate is that. I, I don't just get the opportunity to interact with brokers and investors. I get the opportunity to interact with people like you and the amount that I learn that helps me to be a, a better expert in my field is incredible. So I'm, I'm definitely grateful for people like you and Gabe and, and the, the knowledge and expertise that you've imparted uh, to me. And, and, I think that, that you No, can... I think it's
1: great Dan, that you guys look for the retailer's perspective on things. I think it's very important. And, and, and the more you can think like a retailer, the more uh, of an advantage you have in your particular landscape.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No question about that. And I'm, I am uh, definitely a friend of of knowledge seeking, so I appreciate you sharing that with everyone who's watching today. So, you know, I know that you work a lot with national brands all over the country, and and you know, some of these retailers, in my experience as well, I mean, you're, you can be talking about a, a retailer that has hundreds or maybe even thousands of locations. So, uh, when you're talking about a specific brand that's developing into a national brand, what steps do they need to take in developing that sustainable national brand?
1: that is probably the most overlooked aspect of brand expansion is determining where the brand wants to be uh, obviously every brand that's developing wants to be the best in their industry and they want to be uh dominant in the marketplace and uh the market leader but that takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of years to accomplish um, some folks have the belief that if I plant a flag in various markets across the United States in a very relatively short time frame, I'm now a national brand, and that's anything but the case, right? And you you have to go into a marketplace with a plan of action of where what it is that you want to become in that marketplace, uh, starting out from a local concept to becoming a regional concept to a multi-regional concept to a national concept um, it, it's, a, it's a phased approach of development um, that uh, takes a unique skill set to, to show you how that should be accomplished right it, it, you, if We were able to illustrate this it would be easier to show you but you know it, it has to it, you can adjust the timeline but you can't adjust the geography and how it is that you grow. And it's because of the capital constraints and infrastructure resources that require a particular linear approach to how it is that you develop to a national brand from a local brand. Mm
0: -hmm. Can you give us an example of some brands that have done a great job at that?
1: Uh, Sure. I I think, um, um, uh, you know, if you look at – Let's see. You know, McDonald's obviously is the market leader sure. uh, and, and how well that they've they've performed. Um, it, it's very rare. I, I'll tell you that point. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm struggling to find, you know, one of those regional dominant brands that are now taking it from an, to, a, to a national level. I mean, Dunkin Brands is probably the best example of a very strong regional New England brand. Uh, who is now um, operating in multiple regions, but yet still not national, right? They still have a very anemic presence on the West Coast, but they have an extremely dominant presence on the East Coast, in particular in the New England Northeast marketplace. Um, uh, and that, it, that brand's been around for decades and is still not a national brand. Now, everybody nationally knows of Duncan. Uh, but not everybody nationally has accessibility to the brand, sure. Um, and uh, uh, and it's a, it's a and they've themselves have had struggles jumping from regions to regions because of the amounts of focus and infrastructure uh, investment to make that happen.
0: Yeah, and they've done a pretty good job of, uh, of site selection. I mean, they're typically their stores are are uh, located in in really you know really well located real estates. So I think that that is you know very much a key in in you know successful expansion of a brand
1: yes, my hat's off to them they have elevated uh, their standards significantly uh, over the over the the past ten years
0: yeah now you know you and Gabe often use the phrase trade area um, which I think gets thrown around in, in our industry maybe loosely and and, and I think that right. you know I see you laughing already so you know where I'm going with this you know you would be the person to best define it so I'm going to just let you take that away. How do you determine the proper size of a trade area and why is that so important in multi-unit development?
1: I think if you ask 10 retailers what their definition of a of a trade area is, you'll get 20 different responses. <laughs> um, and, and, and we get back to why is there such a high failure rate in this industry? Um, determining a trade area is very complex. Uh, a lot of people try to oversimplify it um, so that they can understand how to compare one trade area to the next. Uh, there's a lot of different methodologies. There's a, your, your standard ring analysis. When I got into the business, it was the one, three and five mile ring analysis. And yeah. um, you, you put the package together and you give it to whoever the decision maker is and you say, what do you think? Um, and, it's, and you have to look at it as the retailer and you have to say, this looks great in comparison to what? Right. And in the site rides, it was always give me another site that's similar to this particular location that you're presenting to me. So I have a basis. Mm -hmm. Um, That process is extremely flawed, right? Because when you're in the car as a decision maker, riding with the broker, looking at sites, the first question that comes in the retailer's mind is what is it that you're not showing me? This looks great what you're showing me, but what is it you're not showing me in this particular marketplace and how do I gain exposure to that? And that's where RDE comes in. You know, restaurant development experts, when we present sites, we look at the entire marketplace first, evaluate all trade areas against one another, and then present that to the client for their decision. But how do you compare a trade area against another trade area? We've simplified this process. We say that an urban trade area environment could be anywhere between a quarter and half mile ring radius. And that a suburban marketplace is anywhere between a one and three mile ring radius. And a rural marketplace is between a five to 10 minute mile r- ring radius or a drive time analysis. Sure. That we're using a platform with some form of algorithm to determine what the average drive time is around a particular location. All of those are flawed. And the reason why is because every trade area is unique, every trade area is a snowflake. And so to determine the proper boundaries of that trade area, you have to take into consideration, the density around that particular site that makes up the trade area, and the diversification of those contributing factors making up the trade areas.
0: Sure. Well, listen, hats off. To- the- Go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt.
1: No, those are the two things that you must determine before you can accurately compare one trade area to another trade area to gauge its viability for that particular brand that you're doing the service for.
0: Sure. And I mean, that's why it's it's so important to work with experts like like you guys, because like you said, every trade area is a snowflake. And again, you know, what I was going to say before is hats off to you and to restaurant development experts. You definitely have provided tremendous value to me in helping me to analyze my sites and think not just like a broker, but also think like a site developer uh, and you know, someone who's really analyzing the underlying fundamental real estate, which is essential in in my business as a broker. So listen, Larry, thank you so much for being on our show. Dan, on top of all things commercial real estate, you've added tremendous value here today and um, I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having
0: me. I'm Dan Lukowitz This has been another incredible episode with a wonderful guest. We are so fortunate to have guests like Larry. Dan on top of all things commercial real estate, looking forward to seeing you soon.